0: The Sacramento Kings just lost their fourth straight game. This one at the hands of the Indiana Pacers who were shorthanded tonight inside the Golden 1 Center. And it feels like the Kings have reached their crossroads. How will they handle this adversity? Will they come out the other side stronger and more ready to tackle the challenges of the playoffs? Or has this team gone as far as they can go? Is this who they truly are and changes need to be made? We'll discuss that and Sacramento's god-awful free throw shooting right here on Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC10 News, and it's good to be back inside the Golden 1 Center after a five-game road trip. The Kings went 2-3 and three and should have gone 4-1. and one. As much as the final two games of that road trip really sucked, the loss in Milwaukee at the, the buzzer by Dame Lillard and then the complete collapse in the fourth quarter in Phoenix, I felt for the most part that in those two games, the Sacramento Kings were ultimately playing better basketball. And I was looking forward to seeing it tonight in person against the Indiana Pacers. I came into this game with the expectations that the Kings, who were just embarrassed in a fourth-quarter collapse that everybody was talking about, the worst fourth-quarter collapse since the NBA bubble. I was thinking the Kings coming into tonight's game against a shorthanded Pacers team who is missing Tyrese Halliburton, and Pascal Siakam is not ready to make his debut yet for the Pacers, so they are shorthanded. This is a perfect opportunity back at home to prove that what happened in that Phoenix game is not who you are, and to basically show that it didn't matter who you were going to play tonight, you were going out to prove to yourselves and prove to the world that you were a better team than what you showed and you've been a better team than how you've been playing over the past couple of weeks or however long this funk that we can say the Sacramento Kings are in has lasted. But instead, here are the Sacramento Kings coming into tonight's game and looking just not right mentally. Like, Physically, there were problems with this Kings team. They once again did not look like they were playing to the level they're capable of on the offensive end of the floor. They did not look like they were playing as good of basketball as they played at the end of that road trip. Mentally, this team is in a funk right now, and they were thoroughly beat. For basically 48 minutes by the Indiana Pacers. No, the Pacers didn't technically lead this game from start to finish. But Indiana was in control basically the entire night. And even though the Sacramento Kings made a little mini comeback rally there at the end that does absolutely nothing for me, the Kings lost this game. No question about it. They lost this game 126-121. to They lost on the scoreboard. They lost on the floor. They lost in so many different ways statistically. The Kings were straight up beat tonight by a shorthanded, but still talented, Indiana Pacers team. This is the first four-game losing streak for this Sacramento Kings team since, wait for it, when they started the season 0-4 last year. That 0-4 start from that point on, the Kings didn't lose more than three straight. They lost three straight at the very end of last season going into the playoffs. They've lost three straight earlier on this season, and here they are on a four-game skid. And I don't know, I mean, I think it's fair to say this is the most adversity that this Kings team has faced. I don't know what is going on mentally with this group. I don't know why they can't play consistently like themselves. And I sure as hell don't know why they can't step to the free-throw line and hit what is supposed to be the easiest freaking shot in basketball. This Kings team is dreadful from the free-throw line. They are 30th in the league, which is dead last in the league. They've already been that for much of this season. But even that which is around 70%, is not as terrible as they have been over these last two games. In both Phoenix and tonight, the Kings shot around 50% from the free-throw line. That is horrendous. Tonight, 18 of 32. That includes De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk combining for 6 Of 15. Remember, De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk both hit clutch free throws or missed, rather, clutch free throws at the end of that Milwaukee loss that would have won them the game, and they missed some big free throws in that Phoenix loss as well. I don't know what is wrong with this Kings team shooting free throws. I don't know what is wrong with Fox shooting free throws. I certainly don't know what is wrong with Malik Monk, who is a near 90% free throw shooter, but over these last handful of games, he just cannot hit a free throw to save his life right now. This Kings team is in a bad, bad rut, and their free throw shooting tells it all or is the perfect indication of where this group uh, is at right now. Again, that mini comeback to me, the Kings made a, a push. They are making full court pressure, full, forcing turnovers. they They got this game to within like two or three points there at the very end, and it didn't do anything for me. Right, like, I I, I, even if the Sacramento Kings had found a way to win this game or, or hit a three there at the end, even though the the Pacers made the right decision by playing the foul game and not even giving Sacramento a chance to tie this game up with a three point shot late, like that that's how bad this team is free throw shooting wise. A team would rather foul you instead of make you hit a tough guarded game tying three to send the game to overtime. They'd rather give you a chance to get free points with the clock stopped. Uh, then take that three. That's where the Kings are at right now. But like, even if Sacramento had found a way to force overtime and come back and win this game, and essentially it would, the story would be an Indiana Pacers collapse in the fourth quarter, vaguely similar to the Kings collapse in Phoenix the, uh, the game before, but not to me because this Kings team did not deserve to be in the game the way that they were late. I, I guess credit to them for continuing to fight, credit for, to them for making a push at the end, That's not what this game is about. It's not, oh, they continued to fight to the very end and just came up short. Nah. Like, you should have beaten this team at home. And and even beyond that, you as a basketball team, the Kings as a basketball team, just do not look right, and it is perfectly clear. TJ McConnell cooked the Kings tonight absolutely torched them. TJ McConnell, 20 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 10 assists. TJ McConnell was getting everything he wanted at the rim. It was a layup line. And there's one guy that I put that on more than anybody else. And that's De'Aaron Fox. You cannot be as outplayed as De'Aaron Fox was by TJ McConnell tonight. Is it completely his fault? No. But De'Aaron Fox is one of the quickest guards in the league, and we've seen when he wants to, there is not a guard in the league that can get by him. When De'Aaron wants to fully commit 100% on the defensive end, he can stay in front of anybody. We've seen him do it before, especially in fourth quarters of close games. Tonight, he was a step slow, and it looked like he was just going through the motions. He got beat all freaking night by McConnell, and this is not the first time in Fox's career that McConnell has, has, has outplayed him this way. I've wanted T.J. McConnell on the Sacramento Kings for years because I think if T.J. McConnell is your backup point guard, you're a damn good basketball team. And imagine being a team like the Indiana Pacers, who who has Tyrese Halliburton, who, for my money right now, is the best pure point guard in the league. And when he exits the game, you have T.J. McConnell coming in. Are you serious? No wonder the guard play in Indiana is as good as it freaking is. I love TJ McConnell. He should, as good as I think TJ is, and as much as I would love for him to be on this King squad, he is not as good as he looked tonight. And he should not be scoring nearly as much and getting to the rim nearly as much as he was getting tonight against Sacramento. He torched Fox. Fox finished with 24 points, 8 of 20 shooting from the field, 6 assists, 2 steals. Again, it just feels like Fox tonight is kind of going through the motions. He did not look like the De'Aaron Fox that we saw, both in Phoenix and in Milwaukee, where it looked like he was finally working himself out of a funk. I'm not putting tonight's loss solely on Fox, of course, but the way I I saw McConnell play, and and I'm looking at at the Kings' leadership for help, and I saw Damanis Sabonis didn't have a great game, did finish with another triple-double. We'll talk about that. I saw him playing hard. I saw Kevin Herter playing very, very hard. I saw Keegan Murray for stretches playing very, very hard. I didn't see that from De'Aaron. I didn't see that from Malik tonight. Those two are struggling, and when those two struggle, Sacramento tends to struggle. And then the Kings just getting absolutely abused in the paint. 62 points in the paint for the Indiana Pacers tonight. They went 31 of 47 from the paint. And that number should have been higher. The Pacers went a little bit away from the paint. I give credit, I guess, to the Kings' defense. They clamped down a little more inside in the fourth quarter, but the Pacers were also hitting three-point shots and, and, and getting better looks from the perimeter in the fourth quarter than they were all game long. So the Pacers dominated Sacramento in the paint tonight. Absolutely dominated. The Kings' effort defensively was just not good once again. Their effort period in tonight's game was just not good coming off of a bad loss And the first game back after a long road trip, that is not an excuse to me. That don't mean you-know-what to me. That is not acceptable to myself. It shouldn't be acceptable to you. It certainly wasn't acceptable to any of the 17 or near 18,000 people in the Golden 1 Center tonight. It was not good enough. Now, before the game, Mike Brown in his pregame press conference talked about facing adversity. And he said every single great team that he's been on has faced some sort of adversity over the course of the regular season, and it's how they overcome that, and it's how they respond to that. Where well, here it is. Like this is this is to me like the prove it moment for this Kings group. Not just for this season. I think for this group period, this core that the Kings decided to bring back by re-signing Harrison Barnes. This core, this Kings starting five plus uh, Malik Monk and and Trey Lyles off the bench. That top seven, that core group. This is the prove-it point for this team. Is this truly who you are? Are you capable of only being a little bit better than this, but going up and down and up and down and up and down and likely being a first-round exit if you even make the playoffs at this point? Because right now the Kings are sitting in the play-in spot, and it's hard to argue with people that say at this point in time the Kings look more like a play-in team than they look like a bona fide playoff team. Hard to argue that at this point in time with the way the Kings are playing. Is that who you are? or are you going to come out of this and show that this is just a funk this is a fluke iron sharpens iron this is going to make this team this is going to get this team to where mike has been trying to get this group if not changes have to be made right and and i think it's it's clear some additions have to be made period to the to, to the overall rotation of this Kings group, right? It, it's clear that Monty McNair in this Kings front office has to do more to get Mike Brown in this roster more reliable NBA talent to help this Kings team play better, certainly defensively, but play the way that they want to play, period. The Kings need more help in that area. But for this core, is this who they are? And does Monty need to go out and get another sizable name to either reinforce this core or replace somebody or some buddies in this core. That's where I think we're at. But all the Kings can do right now is, is try and handle the adversity with the group that they have. And after the game, I asked Mike, we've talked a lot about leadership, right? What is Mike and the coaching staff saying to this group to wake them up? What is De'Aaron Fox and Demondus Sabonis saying to this, to this group? Where are the leaders? What are they saying? And that, those are valid questions, and it's there's been plenty of times to question the leadership of this team. But ultimately, each player has to handle this adversity themselves and overcome it themselves. So I asked Mike, what from his experience with championship teams and other winning teams, when facing adversity like this, what does each individual player have to do? And here's what he said. Mike, back to the the topic of adversity, a yeah. lot has been made about leadership, what you're saying, what Fox is saying, Savonis is saying, or whatever, but what does each individual player, going back to the time of the championship teams and high-quality teams that you've been on, what does each individual player have to do themselves to work through this adversity and these stretches of the season that are going to happen?
1: Well, first thing is, you know, a loss like this, it, it should sting, <laughs> you know, and it, you should let it bother you, but having said that, uh, because of the amount of games that uh, you have to play in, 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 through the course of the season, you got to figure out. Okay, I let it sting for a few hours or whatever it is. Now I got to figure out how I can get better. What did I do wrong tonight? What have what have I been doing wrong overall? Not only that. What have we as a team been doing that's not good enough to help us win games right now? Um, or what can we do better as a team to help us win games right now? And so your outlook has to go from, okay, I'm taking the hit. I'm feeling it. Now it's time to fight. And it's time yeah. to fight while getting better. It's time to fight and practice in terms of locking in because we're not going to have any contact at this point in the year except for our low-minute guys. And then it's definitely time to fight come game time. I, gotta, I, gotta, I know that we can be a better defensive team like, than what we are. So it has, to, it has to start there because at the end of the day, excuse me, like I said, we're going to figure out a way to score. We just got to figure out a way to slow some of these teams down. Yeah. I mean, it's a, even Milwaukee, like I say, we. I thought I thought offensively we were great. But it's hard when you're giving up the points, the type of points that you're giving up and the type of threes that we gave up to their hot guys. It's tough to try to try to just go toe-to-toe and, and outscore guys on a night-in, night-out basis.
0: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one way to play daily fantasy sports and the largest daily sp- fantasy sports platform in North America. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including the pros and sharks out there. You pick more or less than two to six players with different statistical projections. Now it wasn't the best night for me with my prize picks because I picked high on a lot of Kings players because I thought this was going to be a big bounce back statement night. I was wrong. So it wasn't the best night for me for prize picks, but you can play prize picks in so many different ways like you could just take more or less on De'Aaron Fox points or a combination of Malik Monk points and assists or a combination of points, rebounds and assists for DeMontis Sabonis with the monster triple doubles that he's been putting up. Uh, You could pick a, a, a stat that James Ham loves on Prize Picks right now, which is like Keegan Murray, whether or not he's going to have a dunk in the game or not. There's just so many different ways and fun ways to play Prize Picks in regards to the Sacramento Kings. It's the most fun I've had, and you can win up to 25 times your entry if you pick six players and get all six of those picks right. Plus, Prize Picks has this amazing reboot program, which means you will not get penalized if you pick something for a player and they get hurt in the first half or something like that. And instead of prize picks just going, oh, sorry, tough luck, you lose, they reboot it. They move that out. And basically, they adjust the payouts and don't penalize you for a player getting hurt or one of those weird circumstances. Plus, you can play prize picks with all the NFL playoff action going on right now. It's so much fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion and professionals which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have the many qual or when you have many qualified candidates and so easy in fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn Jobs helps you sift through all the unwanted applications and those applications that you get that just truly aren't worth your time. Time is money of course in businesses and instead of going through a million scouting reports when you're looking for your starting five instead, get ten to choose from and find your five best or your three best or your number one candidate out of those ten. LinkedIn Jobs is number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to go through a normal lengthy challenging hiring process. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nba that's linkedin.com slash locked on nba and post your job for free terms and conditions apply if i'm kevin Herter tonight i'm walking around the king's locker room i'm looking over at the king's bench i'm looking at the king's crowd i'm looking at everybody and i might not vocally say it out loud but i know i'm thinking in my head you really want to trade me you want to trade me you think i'm the problem now, one game, even if it is a 31-point, 11-of-17 shooting, 7-of-12 from three-point range, four assists, two steal, one block, great career-high stat line for Kevin Herter, one game does not change the struggles and the frustrations that he's had this season and the struggles and the frustrations that the Kings have had with him as they're starting two. That being said, Kevin Herter can look around tonight and go, I fought harder than anybody else on my freaking team tonight. I fought, I showed up, I came ready to play. And credit to Kevin, he's having a good stretch right now. He's scoring double digits pretty consistently. I think this is like his fourth or fifth straight game that he scored in double digits. Like he's getting himself going after going through another tough funk where, remember, he lost his starting spot to Chris Duarte and he had to earn it back. Plus, he dealt with an ankle injury in the middle of that. So Kevin's faced more adversity this season, and he's come out of it strong. He's come out of it fighting. He's come out of it a lot of ways you want to see the rest of this Kings roster come out of the adversity that they're facing right now. Now, you might turn it around on me and go, yeah, Matt, Kevin Herter had a career high tonight, but it's in a loss. Why does it matter? Are those empty numbers and empty stats? No, I don't think so. I think this is an example of how good Kevin Herter can be for this Kings team when he's on because a lot of his shooting success came off of the DHO game, the dribble handoffs with DeMontis Sabonis and those curl screens, uh, threes off screens that we saw him run and have success, success with a lot last season. The Kings made it a priority tonight because Kevin Herter was knocking those shots down. That's who he's capable of being as you're starting, to. I still think Kevin Herter has far much more to give this Kings team. That's why, one, I would rather the Kings keep him over Harrison Barnes at this point in time, and two, I think he has more trade value than Harrison Barnes at this point in time. And we'll talk about Harrison Barnes, of course, more later on in the show. But again, I'm, if I'm Kevin Herter, I'm looking around going, y'all, we're sucking right now. I'm out here fighting. I'm out here putting in the work. I'm out here trying to get myself right, but also help get this team right. Because if y'all are shopping me and y'all want to trade me, that sucks. I'm not happy about that. But I'm going to prove you wrong. I need to prove it to myself that I'm the player that I know I am. I'll prove it to this entire fan base. And if there's truly a team that's out there that wants me, I'm going to prove it to them that it's worth whatever they're willing to give up to go and get me. That's how I think Kevin Herter approached this game tonight, how he's been approaching these last couple of games. And I'd say good on him for doing that. Good on Kevin for playing as hard as he did tonight, and it's a shame that most of his teammates did not meet him. Did not meet, and kept like the Kings should be winning every game if Kevin Herter is scoring 30 freaking points. The Kings should be winning every time, but that is a trend that I'm starting to notice is the Kings are not always taking advantage of the numbers, the big numbers that some of their guys are putting up. Speaking of which, let's talk about DeMontis Sabonis. DeMontis Sabonis had his 12th triple-double of the season tonight. 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, three straight triple-doubles in three straight losses. Y'all, in the 12 games that DeMondis Sabonis has a triple-double this season, the Kings are only 7-5. and five. One game above 500 in the 12 games that they've had a triple-double from Sabonis. Now, again, some of you might look at that and go, Matt, these are empty numbers. These are empty stats. He's just stat padding, but he's not a winning player. If you want to say that, I I mean, I fundamentally disagree with you, and I could spend a long time talking about why I don't need to hear that. I, I don't need to do that right now. It's not what this conversation is about. This is this Kings team failing to take advantage of the consistent numbers and opportunities that are being put in front of them by other players because not everybody's stepping up and stepping to the table. If the Kings got more of a consistent overall effort from this roster, certainly from top guys, although there were stretches during this road trip where all of the four top guys were playing well and the Kings were still struggling because they were getting nothing else from the bench. The Kings bench tonight... Two, only two guys off the bench score. They got nine for Malik Monk, seven for Sasha Vazenkov. Only 16 points off the Kings bench tonight. The Kings cannot consistently get everybody or the vast majority of players contributing in a winning effort at the same time. That is concerning that the Kings have lost five games where DeMontis Sabonis has put a triple-double on the board. And before you blame Fox immediately, just understand that De'Aaron Fox's numbers in triple-doubles for DeMontis Sabonis... 26-3-5, which is two points worse, one rebound worse, and the same assists than his average this season. So it's not like when Sabonis is having a triple-double, or De'Aaron Fox is sucking. And it's not like Sabonis having a triple-double is taking vastly away from De'Aaron. That's not the case at all. The Kings just need overall better team consistent effort it's great when Keegan can go off the way that he does or Kevin can go off the way that he does or Fox can go off the way that he does or monk can go off the way that he does but why can't four or five or six players have good games at the same time we were able, we, we saw the Kings do that a lot this season and look at the wins look at the box scores this season I, I said we saw him do that a lot this season I meant last season but look at the box scores this year when the Kings are winning You will consistently see five to six guys in double-figure scoring. That's how this Kings team wins. They get good, solid, consistent effort. And, yes, you look at this box store tonight, and you see four out of the five starters having at least 21 or more points. Normally that's good, except when your fifth starter only gives you two, you know who I'm talking about in Harrison Barnes, and, again, you only get 15 points off of your bench. It's that team effort. It's that consistent team production that's what's lacking. That's what's missing. And it's led to a 7-5 and record in games where Sabonis has had a triple-double. Now, Keegan Murray also had a good game tonight, 27 points, 11 of 18 from the field, 9 rebounds, a couple of steals. I did notice, though, and he got going in the third quarter and, and had a he and, and, and Kevin Herter had big third quarters for the Kings. But Keegan started this game really good. He had 9 points in the first quarter. He ended the half with 11, I'm pretty sure. And he only took two more shots until, I'd say, a third of the way through the third quarter. Then he started taking more shots and he started getting involved. Remember, was it game five of the playoffs, I want to say, here in Sacramento? Keegan Murray got off to a red hot start in that game. And he had like double digit points in the first quarter of that game and only scored a, a, a few points and had a handful of shots for the remainder of the game. This is a somewhat consistent pattern that we've seen from Keegan. He'll get off to good starts, and I don't know if it's the defenses adjusting. I don't know if it's Keegan not being assertive enough. I don't know if the, it's the Kings not taking advantage of the hot hand. But Keegan will get off to strong starts and then will kind of fade into the background again. The Kings need to figure that out too. Because Keegan could have done a lot more than 27 points of damage tonight, I feel, had he continued to play and and been as aggressive as he was in that first quarter. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Hopefully, if you bought tickets to tonight's Kings game, the Game Time app is the app that you're using to buy your tickets from now on. Why? Because Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets to whatever event. Could be a Kings game or another sporting event. It could be a... Uh, like a, a theatrical production in town, it could be a, a comedy show at a comedy club. It could be a major concert in a massive stadium. Whatever it is, Game Time will help you save money on tickets. They rejoice in it. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour before the events, they have these last-minute flash deals that cannot be beat. You'll find exclusive deals on so many different things, and they have zone deals where you pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for big savings for you, and the game. Game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's absurd, but it's what they do. It. I've seen it in action. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On. You'll get $20 off your first purchase of tickets. Again, terms apply. Create an account, use uh, code Locked On for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. A consistent theme of Mike Brown over the season and a half now that he's been here in Sacramento is his rotations haven't always been consistent. He's not afraid to make changes to his rotation a lot. Now, more often than not, they're kind of towards the back end of the rotation, but we've seen this season that he's not afraid to toy with the starting lineup from time to time, too. He's stubborn in certain areas, like not bringing Malik Monk uh, uh, into the starting lineup and keeping him as the sixth man off the bench. And sometimes he does things like promote guys to playing time, and then suddenly, for no reason, they fall out of playing time. I've had questions about why Sasha Vazenkov is not playing as much as I think a reigning EuroLeague MVP uh, and and three-point specialist should be playing here in Sacramento. Regardless, Mike talked about his rotations before the game started, and apparently, according to him, he's pretty confident and comfortable, and he seems to have settled into a nine-man rotation that nine-man rotation is the normal king starting five, which of course is Fox, is Herter, is Barnes, Murray, and Sabonis, and then the four off the bench of Malik Monk, Trey Lyles, Sasha Vizenkov, and Alex Len. It seems like he is committing, at least in the short term, to that, uh, that, that rotation. And he said that, of course, changes aren't, out of the realm of possibility going forward, but he, he he's probably going to stick with this. And he, I think he's been searching for a while. He's given it pretty much half the season at this point. And maybe now he's comfortable with the nine guys that he wants to play consistently. If there's a 10th guy tonight, that was Keon Ellis, who only played a handful of minutes in tonight's game. But Keon Ellis got that 10th spot over Davion Mitchell and uh, Chris Duarte and, and other players who are not a part of the rotation, at least as of right now. But once again who is part of that rotation every day, who will, for some, I mean, I I, I think I understand the reason, but some people don't, why he keeps remaining a part of the starting lineup, even though he's up and down, and more often down and invisible. Of course, I'm talking about Harrison Barnes. Tonight, two points, one of two shooting from the field, one rebound, one assist, one turnover in 22 minutes. It's not that he had a bad game, it's that he barely did anything, and that's been the biggest problem with the Kings. Like, I should say it's the biggest problem amongst Kings fans. It's not that Harrison is coming in and, and shooting the ball terribly and shooting the Kings out of games. It's that he's playing 22 minutes, taking only two shots, grabbing only one rebound, grabbing only, uh, finishing with only one assist and turning the ball over once. He literally is not. He isn't even doing bad things a lot. He's just doing nothing. It's just an empty jersey, an empty stat line. So many times this season. And I don't think Mike feels that he has any other option. A lot of people are questioning why Mike continues to stick with Kevin uh, or with, uh, with Harrison Barnes as much as he does, why he criticizes other players and, and doesn't seem to criticize HB. The most we've seen is him kind of knock out and knock down and take away HB's minutes. Again, I, I think the answer is that there's just no option out there. And maybe this is a message to Monty McNair in the Kings front office of, this is the guy that you re-signed. I like HB as a leader. I like him as a veteran presence, but he's not good enough. He's not consistent enough at this point with where we're trying to go. And I have nobody else on this roster that I'm comfortable with or is capable of holding down a starting wing spot. Because I don't think anybody would really oppose to Harrison Barnes coming off the bench and playing 15 or 20 minutes a night off the bench as long as you had a better, more productive player starting in that three or four spot, that wing spot, instead of him. But look at this roster. Who is that guy? If you're gonna say, if your answer is Sasha Vizenkov, no. If it's Trey Lyles, maybe I'd be willing to give that a look, but I don't think Mike Brown is confident in that because he likes Trey Lyles off the bench. Is it going small and playing Monk and Herder together? I don't think that's ever going to happen with Monk in his important role off the bench. Mike clearly does not feel that he has anybody else on his roster that he can play over Harrison Barnes at that spot. If he did, he would have by now because Harrison far too many times, it's not that he has bad games, he just does nothing. Nothing. When the Kings need something out of everybody, when Mike Brown is asking for more out of everybody, Harrison just too often does nothing. Nothing. And I don't think Mike has a better option out there with this roster right now. Hence the reason why I think the Kings are looking to make the moves that they're trying to make at this trade deadline. But whether the Kings make a move sooner or later, regardless, it's not getting any easier, right? The Kings, thank God, have three days off. They have tomorrow and the weekend off It feels like, I mean, I don't know the last time they had that many days off in a row. I don't even think it was Christmas they had that many days off in a row. Regardless, they've been playing a lot of basketball games recently. That's not an excuse. I don't care how tired they are or whatever. Every team plays a lot of games and back-to-backs and three games and four nights and whatever. I'm glad the Kings have three games or three days here to get right, to practice, to freaking work on their gosh dang free throws more than they're already doing because Mike has said that apparently yesterday in practice and today before uh, pre- before the game and shoot around, they shot more free throws than they ever have before. Well, make them keep shooting more, damn it, because it's not working. So over these three days, hopefully they focus on that and getting right and getting healthy and getting ready for the Atlanta Hawks on uh, Monday. Because after that, it's back onto the road for their longest road trip of the season. A seven-game trip that begins in Golden State against the Warriors. Then they have the Mavs, Grizzlies, Heat, Pacers, Bulls, and Cavs. Before turning the calendar into the month of February, where if I'm not mistaken, I think they played the defending champion Denver Nuggets at least twice. I think three times in the month of February alone. It ain't getting easier. Like I said, this is a crossroads point, a prove-it point for the Kings this season. How will they respond? We'll have to wait. Until Monday to find out. Now it's your turn. How are you feeling about this Kings team tonight? Are you freaking out? Are you are you concerned? Where are you at with this group? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Matt George Sack. Email me Matt George Sports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. How concerned are you about the mental aspect of this team versus the physical aspect? Uh Anything you want to talk about with this Kings group, hit me up. Let me know. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your thoughts on this Kings team right now and this four-game losing streak, which hopefully does not get to five. If the Kings lose, like, think about this for a second. If the Kings lose to the Hawks on Monday, that'll be the longest losing streak that this group has ever had together. Right before the trade deadline, that might be the biggest indication to Monty McNair that something drastic might have to happen we'll see we'll see with how the Kings team responds thank you for your consistent support of this podcast consistently showing up and being part of this group even when the effort isn't as consistent or the production from the Kings isn't as consistent as we wanted and expected it to be this season I appreciate you so much can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked On Kings until then my name is Matt George you've been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network